Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast, episode 961. This is my original interview with Jarek Robbins. Enjoy. G'day, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Hidden Wire Podcast. My name's Lee Martinuzzi, and I'm the host of the show. Today, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I have with me on the line, Jarek Robbins. Jarek, how are you? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's uh, nice and early here, but perfect time of the day to be recording a show with yourself. So to give the audience a bit of a background, Jarek Robbins is a entrepreneur, lifestyle and performance coach, and he's definitely on a mission to help people really achieve rapid results in both their individual lives and their businesses, I believe. So he's an author, he's a keynote speaker, he's got a lot of energy, a lot of humor, and uh, certainly is a man that loves adventure. But Jarek, they're my words. I'm going to throw it over to you. How about you give us a bit of an introduction and tell us a bit more about what you do? Sure. Um, I guess there's lots of ways to put it, but but the, the titles themselves, performance coaching, I've been doing it for 13 years. Yep. And we get to work with all kinds of professionals in all different areas of life and, and really focus on absolutely maximizing their performance, who they are, what they're doing. And we focus on, you know, not only their business, that's usually a big focus nowadays for them, uh, but then we, we dig into their life and we look for what are their areas of their life we can get them to perform at their absolute max. And, and how do we not only get them there, but how do we sustain it? How do we keep them there and really make sure we help them consistently deliver their absolute best day in, day out? Um, fr- from that point, also a lifestyle entrepreneur. So I, I sat back... Um, you know, I started coaching 13 years ago, but I started my own business in the industry itself uh, almost seven years ago now, just coming up on seven years. Yep. And when we, when we started, I sat back and, and I saw there were two types of businesses that can occur nowadays, at least two easy ones to recognize. One is a typical brick and mortar, typical, you know, we have an office, we have a team, we all work from this location and you come to the office every day and work. And, and I, I saw thanks to the internet, there was this other type of business emerging, which was a lifestyle-based business that you could set up in a way to do anywhere, anytime, from any location on the planet, as long as you had the internet, um, a cell phone, and and a computer. And so I sat down and I designed the whole infrastructure of this business to be a lifestyle-based business, meaning we've been able to run it from the jungles in Costa Rica while tethering Wi-Fi off of someone else's cell phone that we met down there. Uh, we've been able to run it on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean in Europe and Central and South America. Uh, which has allowed us to create events like our Rapid Results Retreat where we took um, 25 people on a 25-day, 10-country retreat on a cruise ship while still running our entire business the entire time via the internet on a cruise ship, which if you've ever been on one and tried it, it's horrible. (laughs) Um, And we've been able to successfully pull that off multiple times in a row. And and so that's the other piece. Uh, Most recently, just last year, I I became an author. And, and I'm, I'm lucky to say it's a bestseller at one point on Amazon, which was pretty exciting. Um, but, but allowing our work to ripple out in different ways now, which, which has been very, very cool. And our, our newest project that we're focused on right now is um, we, we've recently, because I've been out on the road speaking so much and, and there's so much traffic coming to our site now, we, we've hit a really high quality challenge in our business, which is we have too many leads coming in and, and not enough of me to coach everybody that, that wants coaching. Yeah. So ju- we just launched our first coach training program where we're going to be training and certifying other coaches to then come and join our team and, and coach clients on behalf of us, uh, which we're very, very pumped about. So lots of stuff building. And all of while that's going on, um, that's, our, that's our main home business. 
And, and we're also just, my wife and I are setting up a plan for next year to start acquiring more businesses and just simple standard businesses to, to set them up, help them manage properly, help grow them slightly, but then to just own them as another piece of cash flow for our, our, our overall um, business little empire we're trying to build here. Great. So definitely your wife, uh, wife, yeah, she's uh, quite involved in the business as well. I am lucky to say that she is smarter than me when it comes to business and she is pumped about it. So she loves the process. Uh, She digs marketing and infrastructure and building and managing the team. And so I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed to say that I have a partner in life, not only as my intimate partner and, and lover, but, but someone who also is more capable than me in the business sense, which is remarkable, you know, and a blessing itself. It's good to have that balance, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It uh, really I couldn't good. imagine any other way. I, I, I definitely would be a little frustrated if I came home every day and someone had no interest in what it is that we did all day. <laughs> <laughs> now, very cool. And um, you've got that book, which I've read, Live It. So it is a really cool book and I'd recommend it for everyone. I'll, I'll definitely put all that in the show notes. Um, and your new uh, coaching university, what's the name for the university? I have read it, but it just slips my mind. Uh, Performance Coach University is, is the name of it, and it's performancecoachuniversity.com. Yeah, great. So that's about training other people to become coaches and work within the team as well then, or, or do they go out and work in their own sort of field? Um, both. We actually have a really interesting audience that have decided to join us. Um, so far, based on the actual students who are in it right now, we have people from the U.S., Canada, Thailand, uh, not Australia, they didn't join, um, the U.K., and Tokyo. And it, it's remarkable. And some of these people already have a coaching business that they're very successful in, and they just want more tools and more uh, um, strategy on how to better help their clients. Some of them have a full-time job. Either they own a company or manage a team, and they just want more tools to better run and manage the team they're in charge of and better lead them. And then we have a couple people in the program who they've expressed interest from the beginning that they want to complete the program and their, their goal is to work with us in our coaching department and help coach clients with us. So, Mm -hmm. so they're coming through and they have a, they have a goal that as long as they crush this program and really truly love the process in the end, um, we have a plan of bringing some of them on to work with us. That's fantastic. Very cool. So that's, uh, yeah, you got your fingers in many bits and pieces going on at the moment. So you must have a lot of energy to keep up with all that for sure. Oh, yeah. I got to <laughs> dig in and tap into that why every day. Otherwise, I think I'd run out of steam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's go into that because you, you talk about lifestyle coach and help people, you know, really um, create that, that lifestyle sort of business as well. Uh, the, the mission on this show is really to help people find their purpose and find that deeper meaning or that that why behind their life. So for you, Jarek, have you always had this passion? I mean, I know a bit about your background, but how has it developed and has there been any aha moments throughout your journey to to coming to where you are today? Oh, tons. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I always tell people, I'm pretty blunt about it, but if you were to start off with my original reason why when I was a teenager, um, my, my passion, my excitement, something that really thrilled me for some reason was I, I grew up at a time when Puff Daddy and Biggie Smalls were just coming out with their hypnotized video when I was in high school. And I remember growing up every morning, um, I had recorded it on a VHS cassette tape and every or a VHS tape. And every morning I'd put it in my VCR in my room and, and I'd watch the hypnotized video as I was getting ready for school. And I, I played basketball, I was into sports, and I remember my reason why was I wanted to become so good at basketball that someday I could become as cool as Biggie Smalls and Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And so obviously that's changed. Uh, I, I don't necessarily believe I have the talent to become a rapper. And basketball is something that I'm still passionate about, but, it, but it's not where I want to spend every minute of my day. Yeah. And so my reason why it certainly evolved, and I'm, I'm knock on wood, lucky it did. <laughs> um, but as I evolved as a person, there, there's been a common thread. And, and little moments that helped reshape it were me trying things that I believed could have been what I wanted to do. And you know, having a reason why it seemed important at the time, only to then circle back and realize, wow, that really wasn't it. You know, yeah. yes, it was useful. Yes, it was an important area of my life. Yes, it was really good to step in and try that on for size and see if it fit me. But to be honest, that wasn't necessarily me. It wasn't my heart and soul. It's not what made me tick. It, I, you know, I didn't fall in love with life in those moments. And I use the qualification for falling in love where you disappear, time disappears, and nothing else matters. And, and so when I'd go out and do those things, I'd realize, you know, door-to-door, office-to-office sales I was not falling in love with life. Now, I was getting a heck of a lot of skills. I was certainly learning how to become more efficient in running a business and learning how to, you know, more sales skills and more technical skills I needed for the future, but I was not falling in love with the moment. Hmm. Yeah, I remember, absolutely. you know, at, at one time when, when I got in the coaching for the very first time, I literally would just disappear into the moment and not even realize that time would go by. And it was remarkable. Because yeah. I, I, I would sit there and it's like, wow, I'd start a call, get into the session, get so consumed by working with this person. I would look back up and go, oh, my gosh, we have five minutes left <laughs> <laughs> and not even realize what happened. And I was like, wow, that's a good sign. I'm going to write that one down. I might need to come back to this one in the future. And I, I, I let it go. And that's another piece of how you know it was really, truly something you're meant to do is sometimes let it go. Try something else for a while and then see if it calls you back. Yeah. I and that. and. And, and coaching called me back. It was like, this was something I had to do. I was made to do. I felt it in my bones and blood. Um, I, I, and then I went out and tried other things. Uh, one thing that has always, always been at the core element of just who I am is helping people. And for some reason, when I'm hands-on physically helping people, it brings a part of me to life that very few other things brings that part of me to life. Um, and it was remarkable. I remember ever since I was a little kid, obviously I had family who supported me helping people and always urged me to do it. But I can remember my mom telling me like, I remember one time you cleaned the house and you earned some money for a toy. I took you to Toys R Us. And as we were walking into the toy store, you saw a little, you know, a little homeless man sitting there. Um, and you looked at him and you looked at your money and you looked at the toy store and you looked at the money and you looked at the little <laughs> man and, uh, you walked up to the little man and gave him your money. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, wow, you know, a lot of kids do that. Nothing really truly special or unique about that. But it's just a common thread that has existed in my life where I'd kind of look at what I have and think, wow, you know, this is useful. Um, uh, wow, you know, I guess I could share this. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's something that over time is, has become a, a thread in my life. And whether it's sharing knowledge, sharing information, sharing experience, sharing resources, uh, that, that, that common thread has been there. So when I noticed that, I, I started to say, how can I interweave that thread into everything I do? If it's purchasing a business and, and a business that it might not be my passion to run that kind of business or own that kind of business, but can I wrap this thread of who I really am and what lights me up into that business? And it's like, if I was going to run a, you know, a gas station, a petrol station, yep. could I run it in a way that it's focused on really serving and giving the community in a, in a powerful way. Sure Absolutely. you can. Absolutely, yeah. 
You know, you could you could set up a petrol station where, I mean, pumping gas your whole life doesn't seem like the you know you're living your mission and purpose, <laughs> unless you design it that way. Yeah. Unless you step back and say, hey, I'm going to purposefully set up this business so that by the way I treat customers, by the way I show up and treat my internal team that helps manage and run it, by the way I personally use the resources in which we've gathered to serve the community at such a high level that this, as simple as this process is, represents my message to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And all of a sudden, your reason why comes shining through beautifully because you've taken something that most people would get bored with, most people would get tired of, most people would be like, oh, I can't do this my whole life. I got to go find my purpose and passion somewhere. But you've taken it and you've turned it into a beautiful representation of your deepest true message you want to give to the world. Creating more meaning in what you do in life is absolutely essential. Um, I love that that story, Jarek. So a couple of key takeouts there that I, I just picked up on is absolutely being open to those opportunities that present themselves in your life and then just trying those things and, and not being afraid to say, hey, it's not for me and then you know moving on to that next one. Um, I also like how you've you know you obviously reflected back on those those moments and experiences in your journey, like um, you know helping that that homeless man outside the toy store and realizing that you know helping is is a big part of uh, your value and your meaning in life, and then you know how to link that in with what you do, and also coming back to things that you know really did fill you with joy, like the coaching, which is obviously where your uh, your purpose or your path has steered you at the moment. Was there a big sort of you know, realization or aha moment when that sort of just changed 13 years ago to absolutely give it all and, and really um, delve into that industry? Um, so here's what's fun. I worked for six years for a much larger company and coached on behalf of them. Yep. And so I knew I loved coaching at that point. And the only reason I decided to go out on my own was I had taken one of their courses that taught how to, you know, manage and run and build and really get a business to perform. And I learned the content and I was sharing it with some of our clients because they had gone through the course as well and I was coaching them through the process. And I had the book knowledge of it, but I didn't have the real life hands-on experience knowledge of it. And what I, I figured out in that moment was I need to go get some hands-on experience with this to really truly feel authentic in sharing this information with people. Yeah. And I'd never started a business. I'd never run a business. I never had a team before. I'd never... Um, negotiated a contract. There's so many things I had no clue about. I'd never have to run our P&L statements and understand, you know, operating cash from um, investment cash and, and all kinds of other stuff that actually goes behind the actual business of a business. And so I sat down and I said, hey, I'm going to throw up a website. I'm going to start my business and you know, call it my company. Um, <laughs> and I remember I went and filed, as fancy as it sounds, I went and filed for a sole proprietorship, which just means I'm a single person in business here in the States. Yep. And, and I set up my little website, and, and it took off faster than I imagined. I used the principles I learned, so value-add marketing. I learned how to properly and strategically place myself in the market. I learned how to add value through those, that sales training I'd had prior, so how to you know, deliver so much value and be able to ask for the order at the end and have someone be blown away by the value delivered that they want to work with you. They want to sign up. And what was remarkable is as I went through that and learned that, um, I applied it and it worked, <laughs> mm. which is awesome when that happens. And, and within eight months, I had crossed the six-figure mark in my own personal coaching business. And at the time, I just moved back to San Diego. I was living in the front end of a house, uh, like most 23-year-olds trying to figure out their life. 
uh, you know, $500 a month rent, which is cheap in San Diego, but expensive other places. Um, so it was inexpensive rent for where I was living and I was trying to put my life together and I was working three jobs on the side and I was, as I was working three jobs, um, I, I wasn't in love with them, but I was just doing my hustle while I was building this little business on the side. Yeah. And when it took off, all of a sudden I was making enough money that I could quit all three jobs, focus only on this little business I'd put together and see what happens. And so I, I took a leap and went for it. And lo and behold, I kept doing what I learned. I kept learning more about marketing and sales and branding and business and all this other stuff. And it worked and it grew and grew and grew. And, and nowadays it, we've literally hit the quality problem I dreamed of years ago, which was having too many clients and not enough room to actually help them all. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, knock on wood, it stays that way. But that's the quality problem every business owner prays for. Uh, and, and we finally got there. And, and as we got there, it became an, now it's a remarkable experience of how do we duplicate what it is I'm doing to see if we can grow that. And, and so every step of the way, it's just another growth spurt and another leg of the journey to see what's out there. Um, but, but how it really became clear and, and some key points that we talked about from the beginning of things that made those transitions happen for me, yep. a handful of things. The reason I chose a lifestyle-based business was for some reason, my DNA wasn't made to stay in one place for long periods of time. Just, just who I am. I, I, I like to, you like going again, on an adventure. Yeah, I'm a young guy. Like, luckily, I have a wife who loves going on adventures too, mm. and and we love to travel the world. She lived in Asia for a while. I lived in Africa for a while. I was living in a rural farming village. Um, she was teaching English over in Asia, going to business school in Asia. Uh, we both love traveling and experiencing and going new places and taking people with us, and and you know that's part of my DNA. So I needed a business entity that would allow me to continuously do that. Now, one thing that might be helpful for people listening is when I found something that just like was in my blood that I had to keep doing, I worked backwards. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm paying to do this right now. Like I pay to go on vacations with my wife. I pay to travel the world with her. I stepped back and I said, I, I love it. So I can set aside enough time and enough money once a year to do this and, and enjoy it. Or let me ask a better question. The question became, could I do this for free somehow? Could I set this up in a way that whatever we're doing is making enough money to cover the cost of this trip I want to take so that it literally costs me nothing? We break even. And for me, since we were on a cruise ship, it was $1,500 a person for a, you know, a 15-day cruise, which is 100 bucks a day. It's cheap. And we were on it, taking 15 days off of work plus 1500 bucks or 3000 for both of us. I was like, is there a way I could do this and not have to pay for it? And we noticed on board this specific ship, they had lectures from really famous people in history, like Julian Bond, who was the Martin Luther King civil rights attorney in, in that, that case, court case in the U.S. Yeah. Um, Sandra Day O'Connor, who's a U.S. Supreme, the first female Supreme Court justice. So big, big people in history. And I remember we went and knocked on the door of the person in charge and asked them, said, hey, can I, can I do a presentation on board? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> and it, it was really funny um, a, a, as we interacted with them and talked to them. I was like, well, you know, we do mindset and performance training and lifestyle design. And they were like, well, we could give it a shot. So they let us do it. <laughs> and the next trip we did, it was for free because they traded us. They allowed, they paid for us to be on board for the entire trip in return for us giving multiple presentations to the entire shipboard community. And we traded, we bartered for a free trip. Yeah, so it cool. literally cost us nothing. 
So that first step is looking at something you love and saying, hey, can I do this for free if I really love it? Second piece that we did is I said, I wonder if I can get paid for this. And then I thought about it. I scratched my head. I'm like, wow, if I could get paid to go on cruises a few times a year, this would be mind-blowing. Like I, I, I would literally just sit back and have to laugh to myself because I don't even like it's so far out of my reality at this moment. I, I just think it's crazy. <laughs> and we negotiated and we asked them, we said, if we bring people with us as a group, can we charge something on top of the cruise to go through a special class with just us? And how, we're like, how much do you want to split? And they're like, no, you can keep it. Absolutely. We would just love to have more people on board. So we landed up signing up the first time, 25 people with a nominal fee to join us for a course on board. And we made profit taking a cruise. Nice. And I remember like my jaw hit the ground. I was like, wow, we just got paid to go on a really cool trip with a group of amazing people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we won the game of life at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and as silly as that sounds, I looked around and, and I've had people respond back to that story and go, good for you, mate. Like, glad you figured it out. High five, whatever. How's that going to work for me? I have a normal job. I'm an accountant. I'm an, yeah. a hedge fund manager. I, you know, I can't take a cruise and run my hedge fund from a boat in the ocean, dude. And so I have a friend who literally runs an investment firm in San Diego, and they figured out how to do something similar. What they did was they have a very nice, you know, multi-million dollar home right on the beach. And what they figured out was when they want to take an extended vacation, if they prepare their home and use it on Airbnb as a rental for another family to rent while they're gone. Yep. The money they make can either A, help them break even if they get it rented for half the trip or B, make them profit while they're away. Yeah. So they rent out their home while they're gone and they literally make money going on vacation. Yeah, love it. I've got a cousin like that actually that rents his place out for a holiday house and yeah, they make money while they're away. So, pays so easy. Trip. What a great yeah, um, not all, great way to look at I it. I mean, these guys literally make profit while they're away. Like if they get half the time it breaks even, it paid for the trip. If they make the whole time rented, they literally come back with more cash than if they wouldn't have gone on vacation. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's that's the way of life. So let's just go back to a couple of things there that you pointed out. First of all, I just want to ask you out of my own interest, but you said when you were starting uh, into that coaching business, you know, I'll just make a website, see how it goes. You were actually working some jobs on the side. You had three jobs on the side, yeah? Yep, yep. So I guess important for the audience, you know, for them to pursue um, their actual interest because most of them probably have a job, you know, most of them, like 70% of the world, maybe don't like their, what they're doing. So they have to start these things up on the side. Is there any advice you can share that um, you learned in that in that sort of mission? Oh, man. I, I had a guy that be, I don't think he knows this, but he became my mentor um, virtually because I used to watch, I still watch everything he does. Yeah. And his name's Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yes. And so I, 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 he was my very first YouTube video I ever did an interview with. And it was like a 10 second horrible interview right outside of a wine tasting he was doing in San Diego. I went to go say hi to him and we did, made a silly video. Um, but, I, but I watched him and, and he talks about this. He says, you know, I don't care if you're passionate about the Smurfs or Garfield the cat or tomatoes or I don't care what you're passionate about. In your spare time, he calls it your hustle hours. So let's say you go to work from... 5.30 in the morning, you get home at 7 at night, 8 at night, and you have time with family from 8 to 9.30. Now, from 9.30 to midnight, um, he says, if you really, really, really want to build something, there's, there's, your, there's your window. There's your time. The kids go to sleep. You have spare time. Uh, you already spent an hour or so with the family connecting. Now, you have these few hours in the late evening that you can spend building this business on the side. Mm. And so when I was building this business, 
I had one-on-one coaching the you know services to provide for another company. So I had a handful of clients all day long I'd have to schedule in. Number two, I was doing outbound sales calls. So in between my clients, I was spending those times outbound calling to try to sell products and programs for this company. And then to qualify for full-time work hours so I could get insurance, um, which was really a big deal at 23 years old. I want to make sure I'm taken care of in case I hurt myself. Uh, but, but to get insurance, I had to go work two full days. at the at, So t- Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd go work at the warehouse, stuffing boxes, rearranging it, packing up for shipments. And, and so I had three jobs. Yeah. And now when I'd come home, I'd, and I'd, I'd run you through my day, I'd wake up early in the morning, go for a run. And on that run, I would spend time reinforcing my mindset, visualizing about the future, reinforcing my gratitude to make sure I felt abundant, even though I don't have a whole lot at that moment of life. I had a bunch of, I had a lot of credit card debt because I learned how to spend a bunch of money I wasn't making. <laughs> um, and, and so I was reinforcing my mindset, reinforcing my, my gratitude to feel really abundant, reinforcing my visualization about the future and where I wanted to go. Um, and as I was doing these things, as I was reinforcing it and building that future vision for where I wanted to go, I, I would physically go work out as well and wrap this all into like a one hour routine that started at you know, 5.30 in the morning for me. So from 5.30 to 6.30, I would go through this routine and just get myself amped for life. Yeah. Then I'd go to work. You know, seven, or I think I had to leave at like 7, so 8 a.m. to 5, 6 p.m. I'd go to work, get home. When I'd get home, one thing I figured out was the traffic from like 5 to 6 was horrible around where I worked. So one thing I figured out was I could be that person who puts in a little bit extra hours at work and miss traffic. So what I would do is I would stay an extra hour every day and I would just get done the beginning stuff I'd have to get done tomorrow so that by the time I got back, it was already taken care of when I walked in the door. Hmm. So I would literally use the last hour to prepare for tomorrow, to to get stuff in place, to set it all up, to make sure it was going to be smooth and easy. So the moment I walked back in the door, boom, I could just crush it. I didn't have to set stuff up. I didn't have to go through any you know pre-rituals to get the day started at work. It was already ready you know, to play, plug and play. You just show yeah. up and go. Yep. And so I spent that hour, instead of sitting in traffic, staring at the back of a car, being frustrated because I couldn't get home faster, I'd spend the hour preparing for tomorrow. And what's remarkable was if I left at 5, sit through an hour of traffic, get home at like 6.10, what's really funny is if I left at 6, I can get home at like 6.15 without any traffic. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, so instead of sitting in traffic for an hour, I was productive for the hour and took 15 minutes to get home. And I felt actually good about the drive instead of ready to like wring someone's neck because I was pissed and being about traffic. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a better use of time management there. Then I get home, and I, I'd immediately, you know, hang out. I, I was single at the time, so not no nothing really to do except work. And so I would spend those next hours at home just working, and and whether it was building a website, learning how to tweet, blogging about stuff. Um, you know, the other thing I started to do was I, I would any time I found myself doing a t- task that didn't take a whole lot of thought, that had a lot of repetition behind it. So sending out sales emails, uh, packing boxes, rearranging shipments. Um, I remember one time I, we had a supplement where one, it had like a five pack of, of bo- bottles of little supplements yep. and one of them went bad in like 1,500 containers. So one little bottle full of supplements <laughs> had to get pulled out of every single box in the building. Jeez. <laughs> and so I remember, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this 1,500 fucking times right now. Excuse the language, but... <laughs> Um, I'm sure shit not going to sit here in silence. So music was my first choice. And I was like, wait a second, though. I could learn right now. So I started piggybacking together things that could make me more productive and effective as a person. 
So I'd plug in and I'd start listening to all these programs that would fill my mind with great ideas so that when I get home at night, I learned marketing techniques and skills I could apply that night. I learned sales strategies of how to better enroll people. I, I learned all kinds of internet marketing stuff for, for using Facebook and Insta or Twitter at the time. Instagram wasn't around. Um, I, I learned email tactics and stuff. So I'd be filling my mind all day while I'm hustling through all these other tasks with all the things I could apply that night when I got home. And yeah. so I was really preparing. So, so that's kind of a walkthrough. And, and for those people who are in that position, it's not that sexy. It's not that like, ooh, look at me. It's not glamorous whatsoever. But it is just finding the time to chase what you're passionate about, to set a foundation, to get some momentum on your side. And th there's two approaches to making that leap. One approach is cut, you know, burn the boats and take the island. I think in Think and Grow Rich or Napoleon Hill, where you, you cut off any other option and you say, this is the only one that's going to work. So you quit all your jobs and you find a way to make money doing what you love. Yep. Now, personally, I find that a bit stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, wow, if you've got a family and a wife or husband and kids, like that's a bold move. And yes, you'll probably figure it out. But if you don't, oh boy, that's going to be a crash landing. Like that's going to hurt. <laughs> and yes, it's fun to risk in life. And yes, it's fun to put it all on the line and really put it out there. But for a lot of people, that's too much of a risk and it freaks them out. So the other way to do it is you hustle in the evening hours so hard and so much until what it is you're bringing in from your passion business equals or is enough to offset what you already bring in from somewhere else. And then at that point, wind down the other job and wind up the passion business. And now it can take over. And that's exactly my approach. I was, I, as I started to make more and more money through this passion business, I started to wind down the other job. So I quit one of the three and then I made a little bit more money because I had more time to focus on it. Then I quit the second one. Then I had a little bit more money because I had more time to focus on it. And then eventually I quit the third one. And now I was making way more money because I had all day and all night to focus on it. Yeah, that's absolutely cool. I know I love those two options because I often think about them myself. And some people say it's it's having no plan B and just throwing it all at plan A, which is fine. But the, the risk is obviously greater there as well. So um, some great takeouts there, you know, hustle on the side. when you And you, there's great productivity tips out there and mentors that you can find online, absolutely, to help you find that extra Here, little bit of time in the day. Here's um, a thought, though. Yeah. I that no plan B, I've always had a plan B. My plan B, if I screw up in this and somehow flatline my entire business, I know that I can go get those three jobs back and just work my face off again and reset it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does, not sexy. It's not, not a fun plan B. It's not like a, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't, I, I'll, I'll never survive. It's like, oh no, I can go get those three jobs because while I was at the three jobs, there was something really important that happened. I poured my heart and soul into them and I was one of the hardest working people there to make sure that if I ever need to come back, I'm always welcome. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's a real important part for people who are going to make the transition. Don't burn the don't, bridges. Don't burn those bridges. <laughs> don't walk out Jerry Maguire style, take the goldfish and throw shit everywhere and, and kick a desk over. Like, Keep that relationship strong so that if you happen to somehow flatline your new business, you are welcome back. And, and I learned this from a friend who, um, family friend, built up a cable network, sold it for hundreds of millions of dollars, um, thought he crushed it, moved to Hawaii, eventually got bored, moved back to the States, built up a massive portfolio of like $500, $700 million in real estate, uh, had $50 million cash in the bank. Like He was dominating life at this moment. 
All of a sudden, the commercial real estate market flipped in where he was in the U.S. He landed up hundreds of millions of dollars in debt overnight. And he immediately went back to where he originally made the money and reset up the cable stations and restarted working there in order to pay back you know, 400, the 400 mm. $500 million in debt. Yeah, and yeah, one of the yeah. things he always shares is never burn the bridge that got you to where you're at because you might need to use that bridge. Now, that doesn't mean don't cut it off and go, go full on on what you're trying. It means is don't ruin the relationship so that you don't have an opportunity to go back and use it to rebuild if you need to. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Because some people say if you have that plan B, and I'm, I, I absolutely agree, you need a plan B, plan C, plan D, whatever. But to have, some people say, have that plan it means that you know if you do delve out into that you know that passion field that maybe it's okay if you fail because you can always go back to something else is what what are your thoughts around that um <laughs> so so this is a fun question because everyone's got their own piece yeah yeah and with personally i don't see any problem failing yeah you know if i go out and i really truly pour my heart and soul into something and i fail miserably I take it as a just a huge lesson. Does it mean I won't try again? Oh no, I'll be back. But I might need you know a little bit of time to recoup, regenerate, and then you know once I'm full filled up again, now I'll go at it one more time. Hmm. But for some people, that's their excuse to not have to go for it. That's their excuse of why they don't play full out. So if if it's your excuse, it's not going to be useful whatsoever. Yeah. If it's simply your springboard to say, hey, I made some decisions, I jacked up. What I thought was going to work, it did not work. I flatlined that thing faster than I thought. I ran out of cash, went into debt a little. Boom, I'm right back to where I know I can rebuild from. Yeah. And I know many friends who've used this strategy, and it's helped save their tail many times. I had a friend who, who started off doing the exact same job I was doing, actually, face-to-face, office-to-office sales. He eventually broke off, wrote a book on sales, did his own sales trainings, did his own seminars, You know, bought a condo, paid for it cash, put few hundred thousand dollars cash in the bank, was traveling the world, having fun, totally killing it. And all of a sudden, life threw a zinger at him. And, and mentally, he, he got o- OCD at a level where it took him two and a half hours to cross the street to go to the convenience store. Mm. And you could only imagine how that'll jack up your business real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, his business started flatlining on, on revenue. And then little by little, he had to eat through all his cash savings he had. Eventually, he had to sell his condo and eat through all the, you know, the money he was there, had there. And what he did is he came right back to that same exact job that he had left that he was successful at and rebuilt his cash supply. And he just sold for them for a while, rebuilt his cash supply. Once he had enough to springboard off, he stepped back out, restarted his old business, and now he's building it up again. He's doing wonderfully. Hmm. And and so my belief is always have it, but if you're going to have it, couple qualifying pieces. One, you have to radically over deliver in service to whatever it is that you're working with on that person. Yeah. Because if you're working for someone and you're under delivering and you're just kind of doing it on the side so you can spend your time somewhere else, they see that and they're not going to want to hire you back if you're an average or underperforming performer. Like, I mean, if you own a company and you're listening to this, who's the worst salesperson you ever hired in your life? Hmm. Are you excited to ever hire them back? <laughs> no, you don't want them anywhere near your business. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happens in this situation. So if you're an underperformer, most people aren't going to want to have you back at that point. So you have to make sure that you're radically over delivering for them so that if, if you said, hey, I, I'm considering coming back to, to join the team with you, they'd be like, wow, 
I never thought it would happen. I'm stoked. Yeah. When do you want to come back? You want to have those open doors for you by how you deliver. Now, that's just a standard of how you show up. And if you have that standard, you know it. And if you don't, build it. Build it. Yeah, no, really cool. And um, great, great way to look at it. I think you know, it's a lot about risk aversion when you're jumping out into these radical fields. And yeah, you can jump out there and just throw yourself all at it. But to have that, that backup isn't a problem. Perhaps know the difference between whether it's an excuse or um, you know, um, what else it might be there. So really cool, mate. What what do you recommend for those people trying to search for their reason, their why, their purpose? Um, how to explore that further and, and really you know, not become complacent with life and not just fall into the trap of fitting in because this is this is how life is, this is what society expects. Sure. I mean, if I were to tell you that that truthfully, some people are just meant to fit in. Some people are not meant to stand out. Some people aren't meant to have a passionate, filled life. Okay. And and if you're okay with that, then uh, be okay with it. Yeah. And someday, one day, you'll hit a point where you're no longer okay with that. And and that's the truth. For most people, a lot of people I, I talk to and have met, like a good handful of them, they're cool with that. They're okay with not having a purpose and just being like, hey, this is this is it. I go, I wake up, I go to work, I'm done, I come home. That's it. That's life. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Okay. That's fine. I'm not here to tell you there's got to be some magical orb of purpose waiting for you somewhere down the line. If, if that's life to you and you're okay, deal with it. Now, these people are not wildly passionate. They're not over the top, you know, enthusiastic about this thing they're working on every day. And yes, life does feel like hard work to them. They wake up, they grind, they come home, they're exhausted, they sleep, they watch their show, and then they go to bed. <laughs> mm. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Now, for most people, you can only do that so long in your life until it literally starts to bug you. And there's two ways to find your why at that moment. And I, you know, my mentor, my dad always taught me, and my mom taught me this as well, to be honest, uh, but, but inspiration or desperation. And inspiration is you see something that's so freaking amazing out in front of you that you get inspired to go want that. Yeah. And you get inspired so much that you're willing to step outside of what makes you comfortable and go make it happen or go get it. Second, desperation. You get put so far into a corner and a place you don't want to be and it life backs you up against the wall and it starts squeezing in so tight on you that you get so radically uncomfortable that you freak out. And whether that's... Um, you know, emotionally you get beat down, physically you get beat down, health-wise you get beat down, financially you get beat down. Something happens where you starting to get squeezed so tight by life that you cannot take another moment or instant of it. And at that moment, the desperation kicks in. You say, screw this. I'm going to go do something about it. And at that moment, you start to have a real big reason why show up in your life. And in the beginning, the reason why might be, you know, this this pain you're running from and the pain is so painful that you will do anything to get away from it. And that pain is becomes your why. It drives you. Yeah. The analogy okay. always the, the analogy I always give is pain. If you've ever watched those Fast and Furious movies where they have that special little button in their car called NAS that makes the car go really fast. Yeah. The pain is like a shot of knots. <laughs> it's really effective really potent and when you press that button boom you explode in the action at crazy speed and crazy level um if you're younger listening to this it's the equivalent of the little arrows on the ground in mario kart <laughs> <laughs> i think thing. a lot of people would act more out of the desperation side of things than the inspiration is that true is that what you see or 
Most do. So yeah. most get pushed so far into a little cubby hole. They get so pissed off and frustrated about something that it sparks them and they go. Yeah. Now when they go, here's the interesting little situation. Imagine hooking up a tank of nitrous oxide to your gas tank of your car and trying to drive an entire, you know, in Indy, um, I don't the Indy car races, trying to drive an entire race just on a on a tank of NOS, yeah. nitrous oxide. It won't work. You'll blow your engine up instantaneously. Um, it might work for like a half lap or like the first two thousand yards or something, but after that, boom, like you're that not gonna ass. last. Yeah. Same thing happens in people's lives. They start out with this NOS. And they start out with this like painful, like, uh, and they go, 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 go like crazy. But if they don't find a compelling reason that's pleasurable to also go after, that compels them, that draws them out, that pulls them along the way, what lands up happening is all of a sudden they burn out and the pain now starts to hinder them, not help them. Yeah, right. Cool. So if you think about it, if you have a painful moment that drives you to action, as soon as you start getting momentum and find yourself moving and really going for it, make sure to try to come up with as many positive reasons why you're doing this as fast as humanly possible because these positive reasons start to become um, your inspiration. They start to become a compelling reason that that's the combination between your carrot and stick. Your, your stick gets you moving. Your carrot keeps you going. And so now your positive reasons are, are your, your fuel. So they're your petrol, they're your gas that go in your gas tank that you can actually drive the entire long distance race on. And that's the combination. So you have your powerful positive reasons why these are your gas that are going to go long distances, you know, nice burning fuel that'll keep you going. And then you have your NAS, your painful reasons that when you bring these up and you push that button, it's like hyperspeed all of a sudden kicks in, in, in your action and, and, and focus. So when you mix those together, it's the unique combination of saying, hey, how much pain do I need to activate in my life to just kick my ass into gear and get me going? And how much pleasure do I need to keep me focused and locked in and compelled to keep moving when the Nas kind of runs out? Yeah, right. So find joy in, in whatever it is you're doing. And that's the purpose and the why behind everything you do, I think, down to the finer details as well, yeah? Exactly. Now, the combination of those is unique to every person. Yeah, for some people, it's an 80-20 blend. For some people, it's a 90-10 blend. For some people, it's a 50-50 blend. For some people, it's a 60-40 blend. Everyone's got to find their own unique blend. Just like motor oil, you got to find your own unique blend of what blend do I need in my personal human body and experience, mental, emotional, physical, to get me to perform at my absolute best day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool uh, really cool stuff. And I was actually thinking about it the other day because I, I do a few different things at the moment myself. And... I do this one task and I try and find joy in everything I do, yeah? And this one task requires me to, um, it's about a three-hour sort of task and I was just doing it and I was going, you know what, I can do it and I actually, it's one of those tasks that you were talking about before so I plug in and listen to podcasts and fill my mind with great stuff so that's why I find joy in it. But then I was going, you know, by doing this, what sort of meaning is it actually creating for me in my life? What, how is it helping me move towards that ultimate goal? And that was a moment for me that I just thought, you know, maybe it's not something I should be doing. Um, do you have those moments as well, Jarek? And you come across those, I'm sure, in your life. What's your recommendations around, you know, those realizations? Because it's something I need to do for that particular industry, but it just doesn't seem to fulfill me with the meaning. Um, well, there's lots of ways to handle that. Eat, 
no, A, I was going to start with E, I don't know why, but A, <laughs> <laughs> skip the alphabet, E, we're going to start strong at the end here, Let's go. or in the middle. So A, um, one, if you must do it yourself, you can shift your perception or your procedure. And your perception is what you view it is you're doing. I remember at one point in my life, I decided to take an awesome challenge of stacking lumber in Canada for three months. And in the beginning, I was proving a point and teaching myself how tough I was and showing the world how you know amazing I could be. In the middle of it, I had all these thoughts of entitlement. I'm smarter than this. I'm stronger than this. I'm better than this. I'm more educated than this. I should get paid more than this. Yeah. And you hear people nowadays, especially young people getting their first few jobs, and they start having these conversations in their head of all this thing they think life owes them because they're so special. <laughs> and I had all those thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. I remember having to have a heart-to-heart conversation with myself one day in the mirror, and I looked myself straight in the eye, and I said, who the hell do you think you are? If this is the opportunity that life has put in front of you, you should cherish it and dominate at it. And I remember being like, whoa, that's a different thought. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's just this different perception. It's either A, yeah. I have to suffer through this moment, or B, I'm going to dominate with this moment. Yeah. And, and that, that's an absolute choice everyone has to make right now. Are you going to dominate what you're doing today? Or are you going to suffer through it and get to the other side? Yeah. I decided to dominate. No, mm-hmm. that's a whole different approach. I said, you know, procedurally, what am I doing? I'm picking up a board, moving it over, setting it down. Picking up a board, moving it over, setting it down. And I was like, well, that, that's kind of a shit thing to get, do all day. That's not a real fun job. And no. I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute. It's a pretty heavy board. I like to work out. What if I thought about this as my physical gym? I said, holy shit, I'm getting paid to work out every day. That's cool. Wow, I'd love to get paid to work out. And then I looked around. I'm like, wait a minute. This is a gym. I'm picking up the small boards, which are just you know fine-tuning and sculpting muscles. I'm picking up the big boards, which is building deep core strength. I'm picking it up and moving, which is causing lateral strength and core muscles to then form. I said, wow, I just have to be more aware of how I'm physically moving my body to get my body into a weightlifting and bodybuilding type mode as I'm moving all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was like, wow. I I actually would love to get paid to stack lumber all day because I get paid to physically work out. I could sculpt my whole body at a ridiculous level. It's like being a bodybuilder. Oh my God, that's a cool job. And all of a sudden, I felt significant in that moment and special. And all I was doing is changing the perception of what it is I was doing. Nothing changed. Still getting up at four in the morning, still jumping in a van with a bunch of workers, still going to the same lumber yard and stacking wood all day and getting told what to do by some foreman. But my perception changed instantaneously. I was pumped about this job. Yeah. So yeah. one, change your perception. Two, your procedure. Yeah. How I physically went about it, like I said, instead of you know just pushing my body to move stuff as fast as I could, I became very intentional about every move. Yeah. It was a bicep curl. It was you know a shrug. It was a squat to pick this other one up. It was, you know, losing a lateral type stretch movement with my leg to then shift it over. And, and yeah, did I look a little funny compared to the rest of the guys? Probably. But <laughs> in my mind, I was at a physical gym all day, physically sculpting my body. Yeah. I think it's, it's a great way, you know, to, again, that's finding that purpose and that joy behind whatever it is you do. And if it's something you need to do, then, you know, you can find that, that passion and the joy. So, yeah, because here's, what, here's what's interesting. Just throw this thought in. Yeah. For young people who aren't married and are single, guys or gals, there's going to be moments where it's like, well, I don't want to live life where I have to do stuff I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, let me fast forward. 
there's going to be moments where you have a family. There's going to be moments where you have young kids. There's going to be moments where you have bills that you're going to have to figure out how to pay and responsibility you're going to have to own up to. If you don't have the guts to go do something you hate doing for the sole purpose of caring for the other people other than yourself that you're responsible for, you're going to be in a shit ton of trouble later in your life. Yeah, because yeah. There ha- there's going to be moments in your life where you're going to have to make a sacrifice as a mother or father to say, listen, is this what I've always dreamed of doing with my life? No. Am I willing to do it to support the ones I love? Yes. yes. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to have to step into something that you might not love. Now, if you can shift your perception and procedure and fall in love with it, you know, all good for you because you're going to find a way to actually love something that you didn't necessarily tend on, plan on doing for your life. But now you can still make the most out of every moment out of it and actually enjoy the process while you're truly serving the ones you love. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's how you show up too with that attitude. You know, if you show up in whatever you do with that positive attitude, it's going to reflect to your wider world as well. But what I love about um, what you just said there is that whole piece about, you know, reflection and really understanding why your perception is the way it is. And reflection in all walks of life is absolutely important to create that deeper understanding. And once you do that, then you can move towards a more positive, you know, behavior and outcome as well, um, just by that reflection. So I think that's really important. Jarek, I know time's running out, mate. So I just want to jump on to a couple of other questions, uh, if you don't mind, before we wrap it up. And uh, you mentioned earlier on in the show that, you know, you do have certainly a daily routine. So getting up, um, you know, preparing for the day by exercising, gratitudes, filling your mind with good stuff and and pumping yourself up for the day and also wrapping the day up with, you know, a a positive plan. And you probably, I think you reflect, you know, on how your day went and and have more gratitudes there as well, potentially. Is there anything else within your day that you could uh, recommend as far as, you know, your rituals and habits? Whew, so many of them. Um, to start with, if I were to walk you through that morning routine, just real quick, yep. um, my wife and I, luckily, again, I'm very blessed to have someone who loves this kind of stuff too. We spend our first 20 minutes a day meditating together. We use an app called Headspace. Yep. So literally, we go to our meditation station, which is a little couch in our room, and we hit play, and we both meditate. <laughs> yeah. Simple little way to do it. Uh, when I jump on the treadmill, I, I do five minutes of gratitude. One minute speaking aloud my 20-year vision and goals for my life. One minute on my 10-year goals. One minute on my five-year goals. One minute on my one-year goal. One minute on my six-month goals. One minute on my quarterly goals. One minute on my month goals. Uh, Then I start mentally rehearsing my day. Now, the difference between visualization and mental rehearsal is huge because a lot of people visualize their perfect outcome of what they ultimately want to see. The problem is if you were a boxer and you just visualized your perfect outcome of every match, you'd be in the ring, you'd land all your punches, and you'd never get hit once by the other person. Now, reality is very different because you'd step in the ring, expect to never get hit in your perfect vision, and you get knocked out in 10 seconds and not know what the heck happened. Yep. So mental rehearsal is what Muhammad Ali used to use to prepare for his boxing matches, and many Olympians and athletes at high levels use this every day, where you mentally rehearse step by step by step what's going to happen you see yourself landing your punches you also see yourself taking a punch and getting hit real hard and as life hits you or knocks you back you see yourself being resilient going through it and successfully moving through those obstacles and opposition now what that prepares you for is people who love this secret say oh no you're bringing negative energy in your life i call bullshit on that i say listen you're being real 
because life will punch you at different moments. And if you don't realize it's going to come, it'll knock you out because you didn't, you were, it freaks you out when it happens. Yeah. Versus yeah. if you're real and you know, life's going to hit you at some point and it hits you, you just go, Oh, okay. I knew it was coming. No big deal. Dust it off. Keep moving. Let's go. Mm, yeah. and, and so now instead of knocking you out of the game, it just sets you back a second or two, stuns you, you stand up, dust off and keep moving. Cause you've already seen stuff like that happen in your mind. It's not a shock anymore. Yeah. Um, so from there, five minutes mentally rehearsing the day, 10 minutes on incantation. So getting it in my body and bringing my physical, mental and emotional body to life, a quick little prayer to end it. And then my wife and I go hit the gym and work out and get our bodies physically activated. Yeah. Um, now the flip side and most people have started to hear nowadays of having a morning routine, having a ritual you use each day to ramp yourself up for the day. What most people are missing is a wind down routine. Yeah. And for men and women, to be honest, if you go to an office every day away from home and you have to come home, the worst thing you can do is not have some ritual to transition from the office to back home. Yeah. Now, if you're at work at home, the worst thing you can do is not have a ritual to transition from work to being 100% present and focused on the ones you love. And so I, I did a training video earlier this week on Facebook where I was talking about if you're a very focused, passionate, determined entrepreneur and you're so focused on your goals and you know your, your marketing goals, your sales goals, your metrics, your numbers, how you're going to succeed this week and you have a vision and you're, you know what you're doing. I challenge you to set the same passionate type of goals for your relationship and family this week. Yeah. Treat it the same. What are your goals? How are you going to over-deliver for your husband or wife? How are you going to over-deliver for your kids? What magic moments are you going to create? What special things are you going to deliver for them? How are you going to set your goals just as passionately about the ones you love so that you don't have a life that's jacked out of balance, that you come home and you're still thinking about, oh, shit, those emails that came through and did the order get taken care of and is so-and-so okay at the office and, oh, hey, honey, I'm glad I'm here. Can I just eat my dinner in my office because i got to call someone real quick? You don't want that kind of crap happening. Yeah. Yeah. Be present. Be real. And yeah. the only way you can do that is if you set purposeful goals for the ones you love just as passionate as you know, what you have to do every day. Yeah, having um, that balance and finding that, you know, the balance for all, all things, the leisure, the family, the, the work, absolutely. So just like you use this morning routine to ramp up and ramp into your life to go achieve all those goals and things you want to accomplish during the day, you need an evening routine that's going to wind you out of that day to prepare you to over-deliver for the ones you love and really care about when you get home. Yeah, yeah. So things you can do there, take a walk and just out loud say everything you're grateful for. Um, take a jog, work out, clear your mind. Uh, spend some time thinking about the ones you love and what makes them special and unique in your eyes. Spend some time you know, thinking about the outcomes you want to achieve this week in your relationship or with your family. Uh, remember, you know, state your reason why it's a must for you to make those things happen and have a clear plan of action of things you're going to do each night when you get home so that you can really deliver for them at a high level. Mm. Most importantly, clear your mind, clear your body, take time to breathe. And if you flood your mind and body with all the memories of all the greatest moments you've had together and then step into the moment to be with them, you'll be blown away how much more present and attentive you are to their needs, to what they're into and, and how they feel. And it'll create a beautiful bond between each other. Yeah, absolutely. No, very cool stuff. Well, I love that and uh, certainly something we can all practice there. Uh, Mandy, you got a couple of moments for a quick round questions? Yeah, Just go for it. A little bit of fun. Cool, cool. So first of all, and uh, try this in the best way you can, but what does success mean to you? 
Oh man, success to me is being able to live life. And I, I borrow this from a friend who wrote it in his book, but being able to live life that if I were to die today, I would go out with a smile on my face, knowing I really lived, I really loved, and I really mattered. Cool. Love it. Okay. And if you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self, any advice you'd give that person? Enjoy yourself. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite food? Um, probably broccoli. Broccoli? Broccoli and salmon. I, I, broccoli. I, I have it every day, nonstop. Um, I, I got a bowl of it sitting right here next to me. <laughs> cool cool and you got a favorite leisure activity at the moment or in life in general um our favorite kind of off topic activity right now is we're hunting to buy more businesses so <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a sun side passion that we come home to at night when my wife and i'll sit down and be like "Ooh, what'd you find today so every spare moment we have between everything else we're working on We'll, we'll jump online and we'll comb through all the businesses for sale and, and we'll try to identify a handful that we think we might want to buy. Awesome. Okay. Um, have you got uh, a favorite book you want to recommend? You mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk earlier on, which he has a couple of books, but Crush It was one I recently read. So that's a really cool one. Any um, others that you want to recommend? Oh my gosh. Uh, favorite book from the beginning that really helped me was The Alchemist. Just a fun, beautiful story of you know traveling out to the world, but coming back and finding everything they were looking for within. Yep, beautiful reminder. Um, if I looked up on my shelf here, uh, what do we have? Uh, we have the Power of Habit, great book if you're trying to build in powerful, positive habits. Um, we have Money, How to Master the Game, great book if you're, you're looking at personal finance. Uh, Keith Cunningham is an awesome book if you're in business. It's called The Ultimate Guide to an Insanely Successful Business or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Great book on, on the basics of business. Um, That's cool. Uh, oh, 10X Factor, Grant Cardone. If oh, you're looking I've for motivation, inspiration, it, it's a powerful, potent like punch in the face. I highly recommend the audio version because he is a crazy mofo and it's really exciting to hear him scream and yell <laughs> on the other side of that tape. Cool. I love good audio. Uh, that's fantastic. All right. And have you got a favorite quote or quote of the day? Um, I, I think probably learn it, live it, give it. it it's just the, what we stand for. So learn what it takes to live the life you really want. Go out and live it fully and apply it to the fullest extent possible to, to get the experience you desire. And once you're experiencing the life you really desire and deserve, give it. Find a way to pay it forward and, and share your success with others and help them achieve this, you know, their results that they dream of. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Mate, uh, great way to wrap up the show with that quote. I just want to ask one more question, and I'm going to throw it to you to tell the audience about um, how to reach you and any other information you want to share. Um, but the show is all about living life with passion and purpose. What does that mean to you? Um, passion and purpose. So passion is finding stuff you care about more than yourself. And, and, and purpose, again, is delivering service to others beyond you. Yeah. And and when you can do those things, when you find a reason to fight for that's bigger than you and, and you find a community to serve that's more than just yourself, it, life will be remarkable. And, and, and you'll feel alive, you'll feel passionate, you'll feel determined to serve that need and, and fill that void in society. Um, if, if you want to live a life that's not passionate and not purpose-filled, just focus on yourself and all your own needs and how you feel about stuff and it, it'll frustrate you pretty quickly. <laughs> No, very cool. And um, how can we find more about you, reach out to you, um, any other direction you want to give the audience? Sure. Uh, simple way if you want to get involved, jerickrobbins.com. 
Yep. If, if you're trying to design your perfect day, your ideal vision, there's a free gift there you can grab. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a performance coach and you want to be able to coach other individuals, go to performancecoachuniversity.com. Um, and if you want to grab a copy of our newest book and check this stuff out, drop by liveitbook.com. Cool. All right. Well, I'll stick all those in the show notes at thehiddenwire.com. So um, if you want to jump on there for everyone listening and uh, check out the notes and uh, all those links as well will be up there for you to review. Jarek, uh, mate, thanks very much for taking the time out of your day and coming on the show. Great speaking with you. We could have, um, I'm sure we just started getting into the meat of it, but we could have delved into that conversation for a lot longer. So it'd be great to have you back on the show one day down the track. And uh, until next time, mate, uh, thank you again. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to be here. Thanks, mate. Peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Martinuzzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon